Good morning, everybody. A belated but sincere Happy New Year to uh, all of you, and welcome back to uh, keeping an eye on the geopolitical ball with me, uh, Jamie Shea, Senior Fellow at uh, Friends of Europe. Well, New Year's, of course, are a time of hope uh, for making resolutions, for hoping that the future is going to be better than the past. Uh, on New Year's Day, the 1st of January, 1900, uh, the German Kaiser Wilhelm II famously proclaimed uh, that uh, the year would be devoted to children and rationality and the new century as well. But students of the 20th century know what happened to uh, that particular uh, uh, prediction. And as we start 2024, uh, we have, to some degree, a rather pessimistic conclusion that we seem to be experiencing a world at war. Conflict is breaking out almost everywhere. For instance, if you just look at, in the closing stages of 2023, we had the war in Ukraine uh, entering uh, its uh, third uh, year with no end in sight, the Israeli uh, uh, invasion and occupation of Gaza, operations against Hamas entering the third month, again, with no end in sight. Uh, we have uh, fighting uh, going on in Lebanon, uh, in Syria, uh, in Iraq, U.S. strikes uh, uh, against targets uh, in Iraq. Uh, today, we've even got the Iranians attacking Pakistan, or at least uh, 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 separatist uh, uh, groups in, in, in Pakistan uh, with uh, missile uh, strikes. Uh, Turkey has also been uh, intervening in northern Syria uh, and the Iraq. Uh, we, of course, have got the U.S.-U.K. strikes against the Houthis uh, in uh, Yemen. Uh, in Africa, conflicts have been continuing in Sudan, displacing uh, 8 million people uh, in the Sahel uh, as well. And, of course, uh, uh, the endless conflicts in the Democratic Republic of Congo uh, and in northern Nigeria. In Myanmar, uh, uh, separatist groups in the north have had some success in pushing back against the National Army and capturing whole towns. Uh, we've got the Ghana Karabakh, uh, uh, an enclave of Azerbaijan, which was uh, reoccupied by Azeri forces uh, towards the end of last year. Uh, we've got uh, Venezuela threatening its neighbor, Ghana, over a territorial dispute, uh, and now tensions between Ethiopia and Somalia uh, on Ethiopia's desire for access to the sea. Leon Trotsky famously said that you may not like war, but war likes you. And it certainly seems to have taken a big liking to us uh, as we go uh, forward. Now, uh, Machiavelli um, said that it's easier to start wars than to uh, end them. Uh, and to some degree, I think this reality dawning on Western policymakers as we enter 2024 has produced a new climate of pessimism, even alarmism. For example, just this week, Kaya Kalas, the Prime Minister of Estonia, citing a report by the Estonian intelligence agency, said that we needed to prepare for a war against Russia in the next three to five years, as Russia would mount its threat uh, to against NATO's eastern flank. Uh, at the annual Swedish defence conference in Saarland, uh, the Swedish defence minister and the chief of the Swedish defence forces uh, caused alarm by calling on Sweden to prepare itself for war and to improve not just its military forces, but its societal uh, resilience. The German newspaper Bild just this week has published a confidential document from the Bundeswehr 
outlining a roadmap for how Germany could be involved in a war against Russia, again, in the next three to five years. And in a speech in London uh, this week, the UK Defence Secretary, Grant Schatz, said that the UK also needed to be ready, if necessary, for conflict against Russia, China, Iran and North Korea, and called on the NATO allies to meet their commitment to spend 2% of their GDP uh, on defence. So uh, as they enter 2024, uh, European diplomats need to think very clearly about what is our strategy for, number one, uh, uh, preventing future conflicts, number two, managing better existing conflicts, uh, and uh, number three, uh, if war is something that cannot be avoided, making sure that our armed forces are modernized and ready to uh, wage it successfully, making sure that our societies are also uh, resilient against the impacts that a conflict uh, could uh, have. Now, to my mind, this means at least immediately uh, doing three things. Number one, we need a much clearer strategy going ahead vis-a-vis Ukraine, uh, which, as I've said, is going to enter its uh, third year of of warfare. The debate at the end of 2023 was largely about financial aid packages in the US Congress and in the EU. These are necessary, of course, uh, to allow Ukraine to resist. And we need now much more consistent funding arrangements multi-year for Ukraine, avoiding these recurrent uh, crises uh, as we move from one package to uh, another. But it's much more important, in my view, for European diplomats to focus on military strategy in Ukraine, because if Ukraine cannot succeed in pushing the Russians back, we're unlikely to get to a peace conference or a successful peace outcome. And therefore, what these diplomats should be focusing on is how can we help Ukraine to improve its military strategy, not just to sort of launch uh, uh, successful individual strikes against a Russian ship in Crimea or shooting down some Russian spy planes over the Sea of Azov or blowing up some rail weight tunnels in Siberia. These are good for Ukrainian morale, but they are not pushing the Russians back. What are the lessons that need to be learned from the failure of Ukraine's spring offensive last year? What needs to be done uh, to improve uh, Ukraine's tactics? For example, attacking in certain areas, defending in uh, others, uh, of using better air power, electronic warfare, long-range artillery, and so on. And how can we make sure that Ukraine is really much better supplied? Because for all of the hula-ha about countries announcing the delivery of cruise missiles here or tanks there, the Kiel Institute of the World Economy in Germany has pointed out that last year, Ukraine received 90% fewer weapons than in the first year of the war in 2022. The European Commission has usefully launched an audit Uh, this week of its member states to see how much of their stocks they have actually, not promised, but actually transferred to Ukraine. Uh, And I think the outcome is going to show that for the majority of EU member states, this is still modest. So in 2024, the real issue for us is, does Ukraine really matter? Is it not just existential only for Ukrainians, but also for our own security in the EU and NATO. Can we go from a doctrine of as long as it takes to a much more important doctrine of as much as it takes and put the focus on making military operations uh, produce some sort of positive outcome in 2024 in a way that they did in 2023? The next issue, of course, is in the Middle East. Uh, It's obvious that, number one, European diplomats have got to prevent a further escalation of the conflict, particularly now that the Houthis have got involved by attacking shipping uh, in the Red Sea. The Houthis are going to be a tough nut to crack. They're not easily deterred. 
uh, they can continue to be supplied by Iran, which is not the situation, of course, with the beleaguered Hamas uh, fighters uh, in Gaza, completely surrounded now by Israeli uh, forces. Uh, the Houthis fought Saudi Arabia for many years and have learned to uh, preserve their weapons in underground bunkers. And uh, despite all of the warnings of airstrikes by the US and the UK and others, they have continued to retaliate against shipping, attacking a Greek registered tanker, for example, only yesterday. So first of all, what is the strategy for keeping the Red Sea open as a vital shipping lane? for uh, international uh, maritime commerce. Going around the Cape of Good Hope is not a long-term solution as it's only going to drive up prices uh, and inflation. Already Tesla in Germany has had to close a factory for two weeks because it's not getting spare parts any longer through the Suez Canal. When it comes to Israel also, how can we persuade the Israelis to uh, not any longer go for a kind of open-ended uh, elimination campaign against Hamas, where success is measured in terms of every single Hamas fighter being killed or every tunnel being uh, uh, captured or every piece of weaponry being destroyed, as the Israelis themselves acknowledged. This had gone for years, and there's an urgency to address the humanitarian situation. So how do we get the Israelis to focus on more limited and more achievable objectives, um, ending their occupation of Gaza, uh, not waiting for military operations to cease before we re resolve the humanitarian situation. And, and finally, uh, getting the Israelis to accept some kind of international security force which could provide security against Hamas over the long run and transitioning to a Palestinian authority. Uh, violence for its own sake is going to be decreasingly productive. Uh, the final issue concerns Asia. Uh, the potential conflicts. While we've been focused uh, on Ukraine and the Middle East, we are seeing some worrying developments. North Korea, uh, whose foreign minister was in Moscow this week, supplying Russia uh, with missiles and ammunition. Uh, North Korea continuing to develop its nuclear program, uh, launching uh, now military satellites. Uh, North Korea changing its constitution to officially declare South Korea as its uh, enemy. Um, also, of course, the Chinese bullying of Taiwan and interference in the recent elections where uh, uh, the party, the uh, Democratic Progressive Party, which is uh, most in favor uh, of asserting uh, 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 Taiwan's uh, uh, if you like, sort of, if not formal independence, at least distance from China, uh, that party, uh, that candidate won the presidency. Uh, the United States is in a different position vis-a-vis -vis Taiwan, the Ukraine. In, when it comes to Ukraine, the U US recognizes Ukraine as a state, but does not commit to defend it. When it comes to Taiwan, it's the opposite. It doesn't recognize Taiwan as an independent state, but there is a commitment to defend it. So how can diplomats manage the uh, uh, to avoid uh, while we have Ukraine and the Middle East, getting involved in a conflict in Asia. What's to be done? Well, clearly uh, not to recognize North Korea as a nuclear state, step up sanctions, continue the US military dialogue with China, which thankfully was reestablished in 2023. De-risk uh, from the Asian economy as much as possible to avoid the shockwaves of a conflict in Asia. And for Europeans, not just Americans, to step up interaction with Japan, with Australia, uh, through joint exercises, for example, through military cooperation, in the way that the UK has done with the AUKUS deal with Australia or with Italy building with Japan a new generation of aircraft. So um, Dr. Johnson famously said, 
about second marriages, that they were the triumph of hope over experience. But when it comes to war, it's the opposite. It's tragically the triumph of experience over hope. The world is at war. Uh, uh, it's not what we wanted, but it's the situation we're in. And the basic test for European diplomacy in 2024 is to attempt to navigate a safe way through all of that. Thank you very much for watching, for listening, and I look forward to many more keeping an eye on the geopolitical ball to comment on all of these things in 2024. Bye for now.